Welcome to the Latched On Podcast. The Latched On Podcast is about the outdoors in Appalachia. Everything from hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, bushcraft, and woodsmanship. And digging into the depths of what makes this area of Appalachia so unique as a whole. It's time to strap in for the Latched On Podcast. Episode of Latched On Podcast. Andrew here with uh, Zach, another fellow hunter and enthusiast about gear, hunting, and what we're going to talk about is bows, which he is a much bigger nerd about bows than I am, but I'm slowly getting to his level on the mountain. So, bows. Yeah, buddy. I have a bad habit of getting everybody else addicted to it. So, they don't mind it, but their wives usually do. Yeah, like I bought a uh, PSE Nova for like a hundred bucks, like almost ten years ago, and I never used it. I used it my first hunting season, like four years ago, and I sold it. Bought a Matthews Triax for like seven hundred bucks at Beverly's, mm-hmm. and I don't know something about that bow. Maybe how smooth it was and the vibration cut off and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, I just love shooting it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I'll start with, uh, like Andrew said, I'm a absolute gear nut in general, um, but I have a oddly weird obsession with archery in general. So, mm-hmm. um, But I will caveat before I get into anything. It doesn't, I don't care what brand you use um, or how much you spend on any of your gear equipment. I just want people to hunt ethically and get into archery just for fun. So yeah. if you buy, like you said, a hundred dollar bow and that's what you start with, I'm all for it. I don't care what you pay for your stuff. Um, so that's cool. And I want everybody to get into it. So um, I don't think just because I geek out and I spend uh, a stupid amount of unmentionable money on archery and my bows and arrows and everything that you have to. Um, I'm a big advocate for people to get the bare archery products bows. That's what the hunting mm-hmm. public guys use. And that, They've been known for years to be a working man's bow. So if you just want great price, great bows. Yep. Uh, American company. If you want a good bow that you can kill animals with uh, Mm -hmm. and take hunting, that's absolutely, that's all you need. You don't have to have Matthews Hoyt or anything else. No. And I talk a lot about Matthews because that's kind of what I've transitioned to because that's what I shoot well. Um, I used to shoot, uh, I've shot Hoyt, I've shot PSEs. so what I recommend to anybody that wants to get into it is go to a good pro shop and shoot different bows without thinking, well, the guy I like likes Matthews or mm-hmm. Andrew and Zach shoot Matthews or whatever the case is. Shoot different bows and just think about how they feel. Like yeah. uh, Andrew was saying, he likes the Matthews because they're dead in hand. That's what one of the things Matthews is known for is how mm-hmm. vibrate. And every year their their technology is improving that mm-hmm. uh that dampening technology see what i like about it is is the triax doing research on it that was when matthews like made a new foundation on dampening and vibration control and everything and everything that's been made since then has been nothing but an improvement on it yep and yep. i shot the triax first time i shot it i just went there went back to that little 
indoor shooting thing that they have at Beverly's. Shot the first arrow, and I was like, how much does it cost? I got my card right now, Mm -hmm. you know, because one shot and I was sold because nothing down in the PSE Nova because, like I said, it's it's affordable. PSE makes great bows, but whereas PSE Nova, it was a little old. It shot well, but it was like it jarred you every time it shot. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just it's just it was something. I wasn't comfortable with. And then, of course, I got the Matthews, and there's no vibration, and it's so quiet. Oh, yeah. That's one thing I loved about it. I heard the arrow hit the target. I didn't even hear the bow move. Yeah, that's the way mine is now. The My release going off and the arrow hitting the target's louder than my bow, actually, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the going off. the I had a, as I said, I was shooting the Hoyt. I actually shot a Hoyt all last season, and um, the Hoyt was louder, but... Hoyts have a lot of things going for them too. Their hand shock's not terrible. Um, it's not as good as the Matthews when it comes to dampening, but they're not mm-hmm. bad. Um, however, the Hoyts are the one I had was fast because it was about an 11, 10 or 11 year old bow and it was still shooting just some ridiculous speeds. I'm about to say the pullback on it was quick, wasn't it? Like the, uh, the draw. Yeah, or I mean, was it the... I was only shooting like 62 pounds on it too. Right. Um, that's as high as I could go. That's the limbs I'd bought when I was younger when I bought that bow. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually got it from Colgard and had it set up there. And um, it was only shooting 62 pounds, but it was shooting. I mean, it hit hard. It was a thumping bow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like I said, it doesn't matter what brand. Um, but like I said, I geek out. But I ended up, I did get that. I had a V3X um, at the end of season. And then I traded them both in and got the new Matthews Phase 4 that they just released last November. That's a big thing I've heard a lot of buzz about is the Matthews Phase 4. Oh, it's uh it's a thing, man. It's it's. I'll say like it's it's a pleasure to shoot. Don't shoot one if you don't want one. I'll just put that out yeah. there. Yeah, I've uh, I built one. I think back in November when they first came out on Matthew's website, and you know they they always tell you, oh, find a dealer and they'll print yeah. you a page and look for a quote. And I'm like, whenever they say that, it <laughs> means it's really expensive. Yeah, that's what. There, it depends what dealer you go to. Um, I know the MSRP on them. If you so, when I'm talking about it, I'm mainly going to be talking about the 29 inch. They make it in a 29 and a 33. 33 is if you have a very long draw length, um, mm-hmm. like I would say north of 30, 31, north of that. Or if you're like a Western hunter and you're going to be taking 60 plus yard shots normally on big game. Okay, yeah, you're going to look at the 33. But we're on the East Coast here. We're looking at 99% whitetail hunting with it. Um, maybe turkey hunting out of a blind, um, and then maybe occasionally every couple of years getting to take a western hunt for elk or antelope or something or like that. Or a bear hunt. Or a bear hunt, yeah, absolutely. So we're I'm primarily going to be talking about the 29-inch axle-to-axle length. Um, but the MSRP, I think on their website, it's like 12 or 13. But when you go to your local shop, I can say most of your local shops actually get the bows cheaper than that. Mm-hmm. And and that's brand new. Like, it ain't like they're used or nothing. And you can... Um, get them for because i didn't pay that for mine mine wasn't mine wasn't as much as the msrp was so um shout out to the beverly uh archery gun and pawn down in coburn virginia because uh aaron down there he takes good care of you and he definitely knows his stuff when it comes to archery in general Um, and he's a primarily a matthews dealer he does carry hoyt um uh, i can't remember all the other brands he carries i can't i don't want to speak and be incorrect but i know he carries hoyt matthews for sure he can order you pretty much anything you want as well. So if you have something else you want, but 
give him a shout and he knows what he's doing when he tunes your bows and uh, gets you set up completely. Um, he can order you about any arrow set if you want to. Um, but yeah, that's where I went. I got one that's completely uh, murdered out. Everything on it's black and uh, I yeah, kept the black sent, zebra strings. Yeah, you sent me a picture of it when you got it done and I was like, that's some sexy. It's, sexy, it's pretty sexy looking bow. It, it's pretty sweet. I I love camos too, but that that just yeah. completely all black was pretty pretty slick. I yeah, it. looks great. So like the best thing I figured out for bows is what I want to talk about. Also, is how to stay in in that mindset or in that muscle memory skill set of bow hunting all year round. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you only got three months to bow hunt really in Virginia. And the big thing I want to say is what do you do after bow season to stay fresh? Because if you want to be good at it, you can't just practice a couple of weeks beforehand or like, I'm going to shoot four arrows, one, two, three, four. All right. I'm good to go bow hunt. Mm -hmm. That's what, uh, it's a, that's an old timer thing. A lot of old guys that don't care about archery, they just did it so they could have more hunting time. Mm -hmm. They'll they'll just get a cheap bow, uh, and nothing wrong with that. They'll get an inexpensive bow and they'll just shoot a week, two weeks before season. Make sure it's still sighted in. They can shoot to forty and they're done. Mm -hmm. And not talking bad about anybody that chooses to do that, but I guarantee you'll probably have more missed shots, wounded deer, um, harder track jobs mm -hmm. if that's your mentality behind it. And that's just my personal opinion. If you don't like it, that's fine. Um, I, you don't have to train it year round like I do, but that's just mm -hmm. what I like to do. So the new, if you decide to trade up or you just want to get into archery in general, I always suggest to do it in the spring. Most people start around the uh, April, May timeframe right after turkey season. Um, if you're a psychopath like me, you start as soon as season's over. I'm already tuning. Yeah. I'm already doing my stuff. So I've yeah. already got my new, you know, new bow right after the new year and already working on it. I got a new set of arrows, but um, you need to fine tune your setups. If you want to change sites, now's the time to do it. If you want to change arrow setups, now's the time to do it. Um, you get all that stuff dialed in now to where you have months and months to figure yeah. it out. And if you want to try a different release, I know a lot of people are going to thumb releases or hinges and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's an expensive hobby and it's, you can dive into it, but a lot of your pro shops, you can go in and try stuff too. So if you want to try thumb release instead of spending Two hundred dollars on one. You can go to your local shop. Like I guarantee, if you go down there to Aaron uh, at Beverly's, he's gonna. You say, "Hey, can I try a thumb release?" He's gonna take you over there. He's gonna open one right out of the package, let you try it, mm -hmm. and you can be like, "Hey, you know, I can, I could probably get into this, or no, it's not for me." Right. And that way, you're not in it a bunch, you know. But treat those guys good too, because they're taking time out of their day oh, to yeah, help you help with that. You so, but um, but yeah, so I I stick with it. Um, I'm getting my new bow and new arrow setups um sighted in right now and um i also practice uh what people call like blind bell shooting to get your form down so your form is more important than anything and if you get good archery form and you become a better archer i guarantee you'll become a better gun shooter in general mm -hmm. whether that's with rifle shotgun and handguns if you're into that too um, because if you can go through the whole shot process every single time that you're shooting an arrow then when you pick up a gun, which is easier than shooting a bow, right. um, you're going to be better and you're going to be more accurate mm -hmm. and it's going to teach you more. Yeah. A thing I've noticed about bow, about bow shooting in general is it's not pulling it back and just shooting. Cause mm -hmm. I used to shoot recurve for a long time. Yeah. You know, instinctive. It's a lot of instinctive. You know, 
doing Boy Scout camp, 4-H camp. You'd always go to the archery class at summer camp or something like that, and I would always do it. And recurve bow, shooting, pull it back, shoot. You're pretty much aiming as you're shooting, and compound, you got to think about it. Mm-hmm. It's more about control. And, you know, with rifle shooting, you're shooting – you're shooting at the end of every breath and all that stuff. You control your breathing and all that stuff. With a bow, it is amplified 150 times, thousands more. Because you go, mm-hmm. when you hold your bow, now the best thing I love about them sights with the little levels on it, you don't have that level and your bow's just tilted a little bit to the right or left. It affects that shot so much. Yeah. Inches, like inches, like missing deer inches yeah, or, like or wounding heart deer shot, inches. Heart shot to gut shot top misses yep yeah, and that's just thing. for your level that's just your level that's yeah. just your bubble level in the side that's it mm-hmm. so that's what you get simplified as like um firearm shooting it's sight picture breathing trigger squeeze mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's not like 99 percent of your why, shooting is that. and that's why 99 percent of hunters just rifle hunt or muzzle load because mm-hmm. i made this i could be totally wrong on the actual percentage and figures of it but i always look at it as if you line up 10 hunters all 10 will shoot a rifle. Five of those 10 will shoot a muzzle loader, but only one of them will shoot a bow. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot less bow hunters out there, mainly because I think it is, it's more labor intensive and time intensive to be good at bow mm-hmm. hunting. Yeah, you you know, your granddad taught you how to shoot and then you you grab one shell, you walk out, you make sure your scope's still sided on your rifle and your black powder. Shoot, or your muzzle shoot, an old mil- shoot an old milk jug or a tree stump and if you hit it, you're good enough. Yep. And you go on and that's it. You don't have to practice because you were taught that. It's a lot easier to just be good at it. Um, archery, you have to put in that time if you want to be good at it. And like it, you either do it or you don't. There's no in between. Like you either going to, there's no halfway, half out with archery. And you don't have to buy expensive stuff, but you can, you can take an old bow and practice with it. So I did last summer. I had that old Hoya. It was 11 year old bow, but I was shooting, um, 80, 90 yard shots and grouping with it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's just cause that's what I was wanting to do. And do I take that shot at animals or, de- you know, just deer, white tail deer? Absolutely not. But if I can group at 80 yards when I have a deer at 30, that's a, that's a, it uh, makes a chip shot. Yeah. Big thing is like a minor mistake, 40 yards compared to 80 yards. Mm-hmm. Is it amplifies is your feet. Yeah. It, ampl- it amplifies your mistake uh, without a doubt. And you can adjust those. So, we talked about just the firearms as sight picture, trigger squeeze, and breathing. Uh, archery is your grip on the bow. So just if you torque it or not, your if the bow's level or not, your sight picture, your breathing, and then it's a little difference than a trigger squeeze. It's more of a pulling through a shot, so it's the same difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that, and just uh, you're necessarily holding steady and uh, not getting target panic, and and then you got to deal with uh, butt fever on top of all of that. Yeah, I mean, it's even. I don't even call it buck fever. I just call it deer fever. Like deer fever. Oh yeah, I get I get amped up over some does, man. I, I could. I mean, that's kind of like my mentality about bow hunting in general. And I was one of those guys that I looked at bow hunting as just something I could hunt an extra month for. That's the only reason why I looked at bow hunting for. And then it, I spiraled down the rabbit hole and just started loving bow hunting or just bow, archery in general. So, I but I still treat October as a primary, primarily a deer, a doe, hunting 
thing. Like I hunt only does. Well, I don't only hunt does, but unless I see something that I like, I won't hunt. Uh, I won't hunt a buck or anything like that. And uh, like I'll hunt does. And if I see a big old buck, I'll shoot it. But mostly in October, because in Virginia, it's weird. And I don't necessarily agree with it, but I'm not here to talk about policies with hunting seasons and all that stuff. But, like, I enjoy um, hunting does in October because during rifle season, you can't hunt them. Unless you get a special doe tag application, which is only for um, – private property and stuff like that and that's like $18 for like doe tags that's more like for a property management thing but if I could hunt does with a rifle would I have ever gotten into archery hunting maybe maybe not probably would have because it's still an extra month to hunt but at the same time I don't know it's just one of those rabbit holes like I got it to hunt an extra month and now here I am buying Matthew's bows and geeking out over arrows and geeking out over bow shooting sights stabilizers to geek out over stuff now's the time to to uh tinker and that's why i like the elk shape guys on youtube his, his thing is hashtag abt always be tinkering mm-hmm. so it's like i just spent a uh i just bought some of the uh, method archery arrows and uh, i like those pretty well had some issues with a few inserts pulling out um and i they, I mean, they sent me a couple back to, to fix it and stuff, but I had more than, more than I would like to, that actually pulled out, but I'm shooting in some pretty hard dense foam too. I'm shooting into one of the, um, the high roller morale targets, yeah. the red one, the dice looking targets. Right. Um, and then I'll take, and this is just me. Cause like I said, I'm obsessed with the archery thing. I try to look at the people that are the best in the game. So I look at the Cameron Haynes and you know, the, um, the Levi Morgans, those guys. And and then like the Dan Staten and the elk shape guys. So like I'll shoot in between workout sets and stuff in my garage at like five yards, but oh, I'm working on, working on that shot process. And mm-hmm. uh, just like we was talking about how much more is into it. So I try to make every shot, like I'm taking a shot on an animal and that makes it better when I'm in the field and I'm actually trying to just shoot for distance or have fun like yeah, that. I was about to say in between workout sets would actually be a really good idea because you'd already have that adrenaline pumping mm-hmm. from workout. You'd already be exhausted. Yep. And that's a good way to simulate potentially uh-huh. a hunt. Yep. Yeah. Hiking up a hill and then you see that big buck, you know, uh-huh. or whatever the case is. Um, I, I will say though, I don't, I usually try not to on uh, like heavy arm or shoulder days, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what kind of workout yeah. stuff you do. Um, and the reason being is because when you're hunting, you're not really using your arms, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So you are when you shoot your bow. Um, but it's legs and heart rate. So mm-hmm. I usually do I save that for days. I'm doing like squats and deads. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, that's just because I don't want to take sloppy shots because my shoulders are fatigued, mm-hmm. um, and, or risk injury. Um, so that's a big thing on that. So that's just my tip, uh, my tip for that. Another big thing that I've, you know, in conducting that, even if, you know, obviously you don't do it on heavy shoulder days, so that's just, you don't want to put any damage on your shoulder, pulling back a bow. Mm-hmm. But like when you're hunting, even when you're in a saddle or a stand and you haven't done nothing for three hours, mm-hmm. but once you see that deer, mm-hmm. your heart, your heart, just your heart shooting up. up. My mentality is if you can do that, if you can shoot at a good target or a 3d target when your legs are shaking after a rough leg day mm-hmm. or your, and your heart rate's already up and that adrenaline's pumping. If you can shoot pretty, you know, mm-hmm. good doing that. 
yeah you can overcome that adrenaline anxiety yep, shooting. that big, yeah the big dump and then it helps with that target panic and yeah. and that's what i do a blind bail shooting when i'm doing that so blind bail shooting is just you're shooting in the target and you're not actually trying to hit anything but the target it doesn't matter where you hit on the target you're not aiming for a uh, specific spot right. like you would be at 20 plus yards you're just trying to do that shot process from start to finish perfect Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Last On Podcast. Stay tuned for part two of this episode. We release the podcast episode every two weeks here, um, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We enjoy making them as much as you hopefully enjoy listening to them, and we'll catch you all next time.